Somebody's going to go bridge here. It's better time. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Gone Bridge Podcast, episode 27. My name is Andrew Gardner, joined alongside by Alex Clawson and Steve Brady. Boys, how are we doing today? Third straight episode, I will be doing my Coley Mick impression. Uh, I think I'm getting a little better at it, but I'm at a quarantine tomorrow, so all's good in here. Yep, everything's going well. The Sox are at 12-7, and seven, still leading the American League East, tied for the best record in the entire American League. So there's not too much I can complain about today. That's, no, not at all. I will say before you start listening to this, uh, when this comes out, or when we're recording this, the first game against the Mariners has not been played. So uh, if you're looking for any of that, uh, that'll be in our next episode. Uh, but the Red Sox split the speed. Jeez, I can't talk. Split the series with the boys up north, the Toronto Blue Jays. Overall, there are a lot of a lot of good things in the series. It was a short, just two games, but man, a lot of stuff to nitpick at as well. Steve, you want to get us started? Yeah, um, we'll start out with a positive that uh, we did win the first game against an extremely tough pitcher in Ryu. He did not look like the pitcher that everybody knows that he is. He looked actually bad. And that was even on the – so Toronto's management pushed him back specifically for this series. They skipped his start, gave him extra rest, so that he would be nice and fresh and ready to go to the first in the American League, Boston Red Sox. And usually that works out for Ryu. He actually is a lot better career-wise when he has an extra day or two of rest. Not the case last game our, that he pitched. So the Sox really lit him up. That was a great positive thing to lead off this conversation with overall. Um, this series kind of – it was – a lot of good and a lot of bad, like you said, Gardner. So maybe if you guys got something good to talk about it first, let's hear it. I would say good. I'll start with Eddie Rodriguez. He was absolutely dealing in that first game, I think. Um, so he gave up a home run to what? Who? Bichette there in the beginning yeah. of the game. And then I think it was an absolute bomb too. Yeah. Like he made a mistake. That's fine. That happens. Um, Bichette's a good hitter. And then I think he retired like 13 out of 14 batters and, um, he had one hit and uh, midway through the six and at the end of the sixth inning, Blue Jays like literally had a swinging bunt goes down the line. I think it was Biggio again or Bichette. I can't remember which one barely safe at first. Uh, so he goes after six innings. He's only given up one run, uh, two hits uh, and he's dealing. And then, uh, you know, Cora brings him out for the seventh and he just freaking grooves one to Grishik. one, one batter too many, but Eddie is looking good, and I know there is a lot of tentativeness around, you know, he hasn't pitched in 18 months, but it's a really, really good sign. So I would say my positive is Eddie. Uh, I would say my positive is that Christian Arroyo keeps raking for whatever reason. Uh, I don't think anybody saw this coming, but he's hitting still well north of 300, which is great to see out of our starting second baseman. The bad is how bad the back end of the bullpen and – the starting rotation is because yesterday we saw it in full form. Garrett Richards couldn't throw a strike to save his life. And then Josh Taylor came in and absolutely just stabbed the dagger right to the Red Sox heart for themselves. Um, so I would say that that was probably the worst part of it. I don't know why they brought Taylor in. 
uh, in such a close game, I feel like you need to bring in a guy, maybe Garrett Whitlock, maybe who's going to come in and kind of keep it down. But Josh Taylor just kind of couldn't get it done. So I would say that him and Richards were the bad part of this series. Yeah. I wanted to touch on that Whitlock piece. Like you, you beat me to it by a couple minutes. Um, I sent out a tweet last night and I was like, I don't understand why Josh Taylor, I know he's a lefty. Uh, we don't really have like those signified, like lefty right up matchup pitchers like we used to in the past. So they're basically just using him as like a later inning bullpen guy. And he is not, he's not, not great at all. Not good. Uh, no, not at all. And I don't understand why in a close game, I know Whitlock pitched two innings what, on Monday. So last night was Wednesday. So yeah, I mean, maybe you give him one more day of rest, but like, so Garrett Whitlock in the future should be sliding into that role. And we talked about this last episode where it was like, we want to see him in some higher leverage situations, like a one run game there in the ninth. That's a, that's a great situation to throw him in there. And then Taylor comes in and the Red Sox battled back. And then it was like, zoop, right, right gone, right back to where we were. And uh, yeah, I mean, they couldn't score in the ninth. So yesterday was, a, that was a tough, that was a tough loss. Yeah, Garrett Richards, I have been known to not be the biggest fan of his since we started talking about him. And so far, he has only proven me right, unfortunately. He did have, I believe, one quality start. I don't know if it actually fulfilled the technical requirements of what a quality start really is, but I would call it a quality start. I yeah, what, what are the requirements for a quality start? Because I think you have to go at least five innings with like less than three earned runs or something like that. Something like that. So, I mean, he has looked out of control. He hit, he walked up a batter, then he hit Bobachette. Bobachette was not happy about that, by the way. I don't know if you saw him hit him, but he stared him down. And Garrett Richard just had this dumb look on his face. Like, I don't know what you want me to do. Oh, you think I can throw strikes? Cause clearly I can't. And that was just, it's painful to watch really. So maybe keep Tanner Houck up here forever and get rid of Garrett Richards. Put him yeah. literally any, anywhere else. Put him on a rocket and send him to the moon. <laughs> send him to the sun. Uh, real quick, yeah, quality start is six innings and then three runs or less. Um, that is actually a, kind of a big ask. It is. It is to, in today's game. Going back like eight to ten years ago, not as much. But, yeah, yeah six innings kind of six innings not like the, really that very common unless you're like no. – one of the better pitchers in the league. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, I guess, yeah, it's a hard stat to fill. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, damn. I totally Gardner, I, can, I can hop in real quick. Yeah, go uh, ahead. Man. I guess we don't really have a timeline for Chris Sale, but it, you have to think that Garrett Richards is kind of the auto man out when Chris Sale comes back. And I guess yeah. that's maybe why they're a little more hesitant to bring Hauk up because then you're wasting another – they'd have to DFA him again once sale comes up, unless you're going to run a six guy rotation. So I think, I mean, I don't know how close sale is, but you have to think that Erod safe of all has been dealing. Uh, Pavetta has been good. Who else am I missing? Perez. Perez. I want to talk about Perez in a little bit too. He's been pretty decent. I would keep him up. I mean, he's better than Richards at this point. Um, so I guess you have to think that maybe you keep Richards around just as a placeholder. So that you have that much more of a reason to put Chris sale in the, in the rotation than you do somebody else. So we had said after episode, I don't even remember what episode it was, but it was right after Richard's first start. I think Steve, you were like ripping on him and he looked terrible. It was that like 11 to two loss against Baltimore in the first series. 
And I had said, I was like, give him two to three more starts and I will see what happens. And uh, it's been four starts now. It's still early again, but he's pitching the tune of an almost two whip, almost uh, six and a half ERA. He's got 12 strikeouts in 17 innings. I don't care what Christian Vasquez says about his stuff being nasty. Everybody's hitting it. I mean, Garrett Richards is not the Garrett Richards from 2014 anymore. He had like, we even talked about this in our season preview episode. We were like the key to the rotation. The swing man is Garrett Richards. If he's good, everything else is going to look brighter. If he's bad, you know, you still got one more gap to fill there. And the question is still unanswered. And despite the Red Sox, like the, the offense is on a historic pace. They're hitting like over 300 since that series against Baltimore. But um yeah, someone's got to be done with Richards. And even Perez. Perez hasn't looked great. He's starting again. Is, is he starting tonight? No, he's yeah, starting. Pavetta. Pavetta. Yeah, he's starting tomorrow. Pavetta, um, Pavetta's been good. Um, I like he's to see. extremely solid. He, yes, a solid. That's a good word. Good word, Steve. I would just say for Pavetta, you got to keep those walks down because that's the biggest thing for him is he drives that pitch count up, uh, walks, higher whip. But, um, yeah, Richards and Perez – especially Richards because we're paying him on like the one year prove it deal. Like if he can't do this and he gets to like eight or nine starts and Hauk is like waiting in the arms of Worcester, the weight boss, and he's tearing it up. Like you gotta, you gotta bring Hauk up. Yeah. I think the main difference between Perez and Richards is who they are and how they view themselves. I think Perez is perfectly content with who he is and he knows his job is to go out there and pitch five innings of decent enough baseball where you can still put this team in a position to win. And I think Garrett Richards goes out there expecting himself to just dominate every single start. And when he goes out there and every single first inning he pitches has been atrocious. I think not good, Steve, not good, actually bad. I think that he gets into his own head a lot. And then you, his main problem is his control right now. And if he's in his own head, that problem gets amplified like a thousandfold because he just gets rattled. And I don't know if it's a mental thing or if it's he just isn't good at pitching or what it is. But I think that I'm more comfortable with Perez oh, where he is now than where Richards is now for sure. Yeah, there's just something there about Richards that, like, I don't know, the four other guys, I mean, Pavetta had one start that was kind of shaky, and Perez has, hasn't been nails, but, like, we know what we're getting with Perez. It's not a number two. It's not a number three. I mean, he was brought in to be a number five, and then last year we lost Sale, and we lost Eddie, and who else? We lost everybody last year, and then he ended up being our only starter, and that was kind of where, like, the joke of Perez Day came in. But, I mean, realistically, Martin Perez – is a number five starter, whether you want to admit it or not. Um, so yeah, exactly. You know, you know what you're going to get there, but Garrett Richards is not a number three. Um, and the confidence just isn't there right now. I mean, even last night he was getting like s- some really sarcastic, like cheers at Fenway when he would get an out. Like I love having the fans back and I love seeing that because um, you know, obviously that aspect was missing last year, but I mean, yeah, he just, I don't know something about it. And that's a, that's a thing we're going to have to keep watching as the season goes on, because even though this team is doing well, we're not perfect. There's areas we can improve upon. And 
I think Richards is that guy you got to watch along with Taylor. Cause I don't, I don't really know what's going to happen with the bullpen there. Yeah. There's a couple more things I want to talk about in regards to this Blue Jays series. Number one is that prior to this series, the Red Sox have been absolutely killing it when there's runners in scoring position. And unfortunately outside of that, I believe it was a three run home run by Xander Bogarts in the first game. Hasn't really been the case. If you look at the runs that we've scored, uh, it isn't really coming uh, in clutch time like it was before the series started. You have in the second game, like it was the fifth inning, Sander Bogarts came up with bases loaded, two outs, and grounded out to the shortstop with third baseman. And I know that you're not going to obviously win them all, but uh, if you go back during that inning, obviously there's other guys who are at bat when there was runners in scoring position that didn't get the uh, job done either. And you got Bobby Dahlbeck later in the game had an opportunity to uh, either tie it or potentially put us ahead. Didn't work out. I think another grounder to the left side of the infield and keeping on the subject of Bobby for a second, he's looked a lot better. He's hitting 381 in his last seven innings. The power isn't quite there yet. Seven innings? Seven games, excuse me. Seven games. Uh, the power isn't quite there yet, but he is looking a lot better. So he's making me a little bit more comfortable. And the last thing that I want to touch on, and then I'll throw it to you guys, is that I don't think that Cora necessarily made a lot of the best decisions over this Blue Jays series, especially in terms of keeping Eddie out there for, or I guess sending him back out there for the seventh. Not a good decision. Putting uh, Taylor out there with the game potentially in hand. Not a good decision. And even just sending Garrett Richards out there in general at all. I know you got to do it if you're Cora, but just like, got to. I don't know what he's got planned for him, but hopefully there's there's something there that we don't know about. So that's awesome. I got. Let me know what you guys think. Yeah, Steve. I mean, the biggest thing for me last night was the left on base. I was trying to just find the numbers to see how many guys they left on, but it seemed like there was probably at least three innings where they had guys in scoring position. And they just kind of couldn't get him in, which is pretty uncharacteristic of the team so far. Um, you know, I guess I don't totally blame the series on Cora. I don't think that that's really fair to do. Um, the bullpen was nails last night outside of Taylor. Um, I think they had thrown in two or three straight righties. So I think they kind of needed the lefty split. Um, unfortunately, Josh Taylor is not a very good left-handed pitcher. Um, so they just kind of got blown up there. Um, and then Eddie going out for the seventh. I don't remember his pitch count, but... I remember him coming out and I don't, I didn't think that that was such a bad idea. I mean, I know that he's coming off of um, dead arm and then he's got the whole heart thing that left him up for 18 months, but I don't think those few pitches were going to kill him. So um, I see where you're coming from, but it could have been bad, but um, I wasn't surprised that it, it worked out. Yeah. On the Eddie thing real quick. uh, Historically, if you just look at his career, he's not the type of guy that's going into the seventh consistently. And when he does, I think his numbers drop off pretty drastically. So you just got to – I know that everybody thinks that Eddie's going to – still has time to develop and stuff, but that window is really closing a lot. So you just have to know who he is at this point and what he's going to give you in what situations, and that's just not a situation where you're putting him in a position to succeed. And I'm not blaming the series on Cora at all. I'm just saying that, like, these are things that I'm pointing out that maybe next time rethink. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not. I Honestly, I mean – what's I keep forgetting. Uh, yeah. Tuesday, Tuesday was a quality game. Um, I mean, the offense wasn't lighting it up, but 
know, you get Xander on the, the board there with a home run. In fact, he had two in the series, which is great to see. He hit that frozen rope right into the corner of the monster. Um, but yeah, I mean, Wednesday's game, you really, you sit and you question a lot of the decisions, but thankfully we're not doing that every night. I mean, that's once in a blue moon, that core makes a couple bad moves and, you know, we're not, we're not like the balloons here where Aaron Boone is pulling that every game, uh, thankfully. But uh, yeah, there are a lot of, I feel like from this series with the Blue Jays, it was kind of um, a really like an, an enlightening series, like made me realize kind of like, man, this is what I got to pay attention to more when I'm watching the team. Like, these are the guys who are doing this. These are the guys who are looking fine. I don't have to worry about like Dahlbeck's turning around. And again, Steve, you talked about like not really much power. But that's okay. He's getting on base. Uh, he's sitting at the bottom of the lineup anyway. So if he can get on base and drive in some of those guys ahead of him, that's totally fine. Um, Arroyo's been nails. Honestly, I don't really have much bad to say about the lineup besides Vasquez has been, you know, a little cold and Renfro hasn't looked great, but that's okay. I mean, you're not excited. As long as Renfro hits like 25 home runs, I'm not expecting him to hit higher than like 230. Uh, but the, yeah, the three questions I got in the, on the pitching staff is Richards, Taylor, and then Austin Bryce just kind of seems to be that odd man out there. I'm kind of waiting for the day where he just gets like DFA'd. Uh, he's nothing, nothing special, but I mean, like you've had good, good outings from Andres, uh, you know, Sal Moore's looked good. And I just think that, yeah, I mean, Eddie giving up that one home run ultimately didn't cost him the game, but like if that's a one run game there and he brings him back out and he ties it up, I would kind of have to question that because again, you got Darwin's in, you got Sal Mora, you got Willock, Ottavino has been, you know, decent of late. And then Matt Barnes has been freaking like nails. So the issue right there is that you just named, I think almost every single person is a righty that you just rattled off right there. Right. Besides Darwin's in our bullpen is, and and that's the thing. Maybe that's, that's a thing that we're going to have to look at at the trade deadline. Do we need a lefty reliever? Do we need an extra outfielder? Um, I think the answer might be yes. Do we need another starter? Possibly. We'll see what we get from Chris Sale. Uh, that's the thing is we can win, but there's always stuff that you're going to have to look at. There's always question marks. So um, I'm not like praising the Red Sox right now. I mean, we're what three and four in our last seven after the nine game win streak. So a little bit of a, a colder patch here, but um, we got Seattle this weekend. They're, they're on a hot streak and uh, we've been playing some good teams. So we'll see what happens. I'm confident, but just an interesting short series with the Blue Jays. Yeah. One more thing I got is that also keeping, I've kept it in mind. Uh, Vladdy absolutely stud on offense right now. He is not doing a great job of picking the baseball at first base. We got a couple extra base runners mm -hmm. from him just like dropping it. Didn't really capitalize right there. And then there was one instance where Verdugo kind of muffed a ball on the right field, but that didn't really impact the game too, too much. I don't think. And as much as you probably think that I'm being the most negative person in the world right now about the series, we did tie the series one, one, the blue Jays are second in the AL East right now. They're a good team. Wait, 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 what? They're yeah. second. Believe it or not. Wait, I thought the Yankees were supposed to be besides the Red Sox really good. Dude. Andrew, I think you're forgetting. I think. Dude, the, I swear. New York, the New York I, Yankees, they must've switched divisions, right? I, mean, I swear not. I have short-term memory loss because last episode we were talking about how good they were, right? Let me just put this to bed right now. 
The Yankees are in last place. Last place? Just Wait, in the just in the AL East, though, right? No, on the entire league. Entire league? Like the out of 15 American. teams? I, the entire right. Yeah, I was going to say, if they were worse than the Padres, I think it's time to rip it down. Worse than the Padres? The Pirates, my bad. I'm still in that, like, 2010 state of mind with a Padres. No, 2014 state of mind. Oh, the Padres least, are just garbage. Your least favorite time in all of baseball history? I mean, I saw some tweet yesterday that was like the real Padres fans remember, and it was a like a lineup card from I don't know, like 2013, 2014, and like Jed Jerko was their best. Jed Jerko, man. I got I got to see if I can find the tweet, but it was uh, the the old Padres were really bad. Jed yeah. Jerko was like an underrated, pretty good player. I always liked Jed Jerko. That's a throwback and a half. Remember, Will actually our one of our bench coaches, Will Venable, longtime Padre. Who else did they have? They had I, know, Car- I actually think he might have been like the second best player on the team. And I Will think Venable he was. Is, is not not a great player, but it just goes to show. Didn't they have that? Who was the guy who was on the Padres and then went to the Yankees? And he was like, I think, oh, Chase Headley. He was over there too, right? Couldn't name you a pitcher from that team though. Uh, anyways, what do we? What are we expecting for the series against Seattle? So we're gonna have Pavetta tonight. Perez the next day, and then I think it's what Avaldi, and then Erod. Uh, what? <laughs> All right, we got Pavetta tomorrow or tonight. Perez the next day, then Avaldi, then Erod. Yep. All right. So what are we? What are we thinking? I mean, Seattle's been hot, but it's also Seattle. I mean, come on. Right, we got to take three out of four here. That's how I'm feeling. I think that we definitely need a bounce back series three to four would feel real good right now. And a split would feel almost like a loss anyway. So I'm thinking three out of four too. I got to say real quick, I'm not a fan of the even game series because you come out with a split and you have like two really good games and you have two like close ones and you walk out with a split and it's like, damn, I hate this. Like if, if that was a three game series, we win the series uh yeah i'm not a fan of the four gamers but anyways um steve you got a bet for us this week um i don't know man i don't know if we should keep doing this <laughs> so what's your what's the record right now what's the record i'm a one and two I'll tell you what give me a second let me look at some stuff and then if i lose again this week Stevie Lux is going to be retired as a failed experiment. So give me right. a second. Let me look at the uh, the games. I'm not prepared. Well, we wait up. for Steve. Do you actually have like a good betting record, or did you just want to like throw bets out? Do I actually have a good betting record? I actually have hit like maybe twice in my entire life. It's not good. It's actually bad. So you're as good as bet at betting as the balloons are at baseball basically that's what i'm hearing um yeah i would probably say that i strike out almost as much as john carlos dan does okay interesting interesting all right here we go i'm excited for this i will say that are you really uh are- not really because i'm probably just gonna lose money well, you're not going to actually use any of these, so unless you did, in which uh, case. I'm not going to lie, if not. All right. So, said it before, I'll say it again. If every instinct I have is wrong, 
then the opposite must be right. Therefore, I am going to pick the Rangers over the White Sox on Saturday, April 24th at 7.10 p.m. Money line. Did you just take the Rangers over the Red Sox? The White Sox. Oh, okay. I, see, Steve, the problem with this is I feel like you're starting to, like, you pick the thing that you want to happen, and then you pick the opposite so that the opposite of what you pick is actually what you pick to happen. Does that make sense? Uh, what'd you say? No. So I deliberately this time. So last time I picked Evaldi without like thinking that like it was going to be right this week. I'm fading myself because instinctually the White Sox are clearly the better team than the Rangers. Oh, they clearly are. Instinctually. That is what I would personally pick if I were to, you know, like life on the line you get one answer, answer within five seconds. I, I would pick the White Sox. But if that is my instinct, then clearly it is wrong, and the opposite must be right. Therefore, on Saturday, April 24th at 7.10 p.m. Eastern Time, the Rangers are going to play the White Sox, and the Rangers are going to, to defeat them. Wow. Book it. Book it. And if I lose... And if the Rangers lose, then this is going to be a retired segment. A retired, the first in Glombridge history. So, wow. Go Rangers. Go Rangers. Now, this is what I'm excited for. The Alex Core Impact Player of the Week. Clausen earlier today was telling us that um, he has gone back to his old ways and is not going to follow how we actually do this segment. So, we will see. What he has to say. Actually, Klaus, you want to lead it off for us no, today? I, I kind of want to go last. You want to go I want last? To build the suspense. All right. I'll go first today. Um, so, my Alex Cora Impact Player of the Week. Man, really caught me off guard here. I got to go with Xander Bogarts. Man, he breaks his uh, homerless streak, two home runs. He's hitting almost 400. It's a good week. Good week. Uh, I'm going to give Xander Bogarts a rating of 0.74 on the Alex Cora impact scale. Okay, so does this include the series before the Blue Jays? Yeah, so this is everything up to last Friday. So it's uh, half of the twin series. Wait, no. No, the entire white. Uh, yeah. The White Sox. The series. White Sox and then the Blue Jays. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, gotta think. Really, really gotta think on this one. I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna go with Bobby Dahlbeck because Mr. Throbby over those uh, two series, my guy has been heating up, and this is just the beginning. What did you give? Uh, what did you give Xander? I gave Mr. X-Man a 0.74 this week. I'm going to give Bobby a, a light 0.611. Oh, the third decimal. Okay. Because his like impact is, is rising. It's on the absolute up and up. If this was a stock market and Bobby was up for sale, I would buy now because he's only going to increase in value from here on out. Bobby so, to the moon? Dahlbeck? 
Dollar Bobby sign Dahlbeck. Dahlbeck. Dollar sign Dahlbeck to the moon. Point six one one Coras on the Alex Cora impact scale. What I got. All right, folks. Before we move into this, if you're driving, make sure you have a seatbelt on because I am not sure what he's about to say here. So, Clausen, go ahead. Uh, I've been going back and forth with three guys, so I had to pick one. Um, one of them, I was really, I was going to pull like a Franchi in week one, and I was going to say Jaron Duran because he had two homers one day, but I decided against that. So I'm going to go with our good friend Garrett Richards and give him a zero rating on the Alex Cora impact scale because um, this dude was just hot garbage this week. So he had, I would say that actually I was debating on doing negative impact because I would say he made the team worse this week. But uh, just for sake of the rules, I'm going to say zero. I like okay, it. Now on paper, that actually technically makes sense because the way that we phrase this question is Alex Cora impact player of the week no, we didn't say it. it is not necessarily good <laughs> it's a good point we didn't phrase it as alex cora top impact we just said impact most in, most impact can be negative or positive richard so I, can, I can do negative i wouldn't say negative no, but you I, can give say, us, I didn't yeah. mean negative i didn't mean negative in like a negative one sense i meant negative as in like bad like boo, like boo. What'd you give him a zero? Zero point one. Yeah, I gave him a zero. Just for this, I didn't want to like start another argument and put him in the negatives, and then Steve's gonna cut me, and then somebody's gonna make the graphic and call me out again. And oh, I'm gonna make it. the graphic. The whole thing. I always make the graphic. Um. Anyway, yeah. So we got that. Actually, who are we playing after Seattle? Uh, anybody, anybody know? So we got Seattle for four, and then following Seattle for four, we have the New York Mets for two. How are we playing the Mets before the Yankees? Uh, I don't know, but it's a lot worse because the Mets are actually good. First Our team. April schedule is actually like moderately tough. We played a lot of good teams. Besides Baltimore, who actually beat up on us the first time, uh, I think I saw that we have played – like uh, every other game has been like at against a team that is at or like around 500. But the Red Sox as a team are leading the majors in average runs scored RBIs. They're in the top 10 in home runs. So overall doing well. Um, also Verdugo guy sign. That was pure electricity. We're also second run differential. We'd love to see that. Love to see that. Go to the Verdugo guy. Verdugo, Red he Sox. Was, he was on Section 10 this week. Yeah, oh, I yeah, I saw I saw. I haven't to listened to it yet, but I think I'm going to listen to that later because it sounded it. pretty funny. Verdugo, Red Sox. So I, I can't believe – How did it take this long for somebody to come up with that? Yeah, I was going to say – I feel say, like that's, that's, such a, that's such like a lob ball and nobody got it, but it just yeah. worked. I feel like it was would be something that I would come up with and I'm kind of mad at myself for not thinking of it. I completely, completely agree. Also, not to jinx things, this is just something random that popped in my head. I'm going to give a quick knock on the wood here. Um, is this the latest that the season uh, – wait, hold on, let me think. Oh, yeah. Is this the latest into the season that you can remember that we've not made any, like, call-ups or call-downs? Like, the roster is the exact same from opening day, besides how can Erod. 
Yeah, I was going to say technically Hauk. And Chavis almost came up that one time. Are you saying, is this concerning to me? No, not concerning. It's just like, I mean, we're almost, we're just about 20 games in now. And it's, it's the same, same crew from opening day, which I like. Yeah, I guess it's like, I don't know. It's good. It's like, I I don't know. I don't know why you change it. No, I'm not complaining. I'm just, I'm just like, I feel like there's always like, you know, it's that early April hamstring pull. It's actually, uh, if it ain't broke, don't, don't fix it. it. So good point. Good point. Is there anything this week in the game that was like made you say, wow, this game is fun? Like fun. any make the game fun again? Fun thing that happened. Um oh, I got a good one. A fun thing that happened. I need to think. Uh, yesterday when I was watching the game, I would say the game is great again because there's fans in the stands. Yesterday there was a guy at the Sox game who must have been right near the mic and was just screaming for like three innings straight, and I love that. I think my favorite thing for the week, first of all, I think we mentioned this last episode, but I think the record was just broken again. The MLB TV viewership has been like off the charts this year, which has been great. And I personally thought that Rob Manfred or somebody – or people in general said that baseball was dead, which it is not. Somebody might be fudging the numbers over there. They might be. You know, I'm not going to bat an eye. Cooking the books. All good. Uh, my pick for this week would be uh, Lucas Sims, who I actually had never heard of until yesterday on the Cincinnati Reds. They were playing in an absolute – who are they playing? They were playing uh, – can I remember? Oh, who are they playing? Houston? Oh, no, Arizona. They're playing Arizona and Cincinnati. Absolute downpour. And uh, he's pitching. Ump throws him a ball, catches it, throws it back to the dugout because it's, like, soaking wet. And he wanted the ump to call for a rain delay. And the ump threw him, like, four balls, and he kept tossing them to the side. And then finally the ump was like, all right, we're done. Rain delay. It was, uh, it was a very, very funny moment. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds have been, like, the epicenter of, like, hype in baseball between the Castellanos thing – and then the whole thing yesterday with throwing the balls back, it's the Reds got something going in the locker room, but I like it. The Reds are a fun team. I was expecting them to uh, make the playoffs last year. Made, they made uh, some good additions, but um, yeah, I'm a Reds guy. Also real quick, the lineup for tonight just came out. So we've got uh, Hernandez leading off at second and then Verdugo in center. Martinez at DH Bogarts at short Devers at third Vasquez at catcher. And then Gonzalez is playing first tonight. Renfro in right and Franchi in left. So what does that mean? No Plawecki, no Dahlbeck, oh, and no Arroyo for the second night in a row. I don't know how you take Arroyo out of the lineup again. but All right, my make the game fun again thing is that I've been seeing a lot of the go-to celebration in recent uh, week has been just banging on your chest, just like – like Mookie Betts on that diving catch. I don't know if you saw, just started banging on his chest. I know this is another Dodger player. I don't know why this is the only other example I can think of, but Trevor Bauer struck some guy out, started banging on his chest. I don't know he was, why he was. everybody thinks. I don't know. It looks like they're hurting themselves, to be honest. They're banging it really hard, but I like it. So it's real intense, and it's getting, uh, getting me fired up a little bit. So I would like to see that intensity transferred over to the Red Sox. Also, just thought about this on the spot. I like this uh, the new doubles slash triple 
celebration, the wave to the, the dugout. wave is awesome. It's a casual little wave. It's like, hey guys, I'm over here now. Everybody's like, hey guys, good double. Yeah, Steve, to piggyback off that, I almost just knocked my computer over. Um, to piggyback off of that, I was gonna say the wave and then tunnel time, especially Kike in tunnel time, has oh. been probably the best thing about baseball this year because I don't know if you guys saw it. I think it was the one of the games where they were wearing the City Connect jerseys. He's in there, and he's just like, I don't know, he just looked like a kid in there. I was gonna say like, the Sox look like they're having a blast. They're waving to each other. They're taking rides in the tunnel. It's great. As long as the pitching – if the pitching didn't allow runs, I think we would win every game. That's just an opinion of mine. I don't know why we haven't tried that yet. I, I get – we should get Alex Cora on here. Could ask him. Alex Cora, why don't you just tell the pitcher – not to let up any run. It's a good point. It's a good point. Um, <clears throat> we got a few questions to answer. Ask on bridge. Ask on bridge. Let's see. Here. That was a seamless segue. Nice job, Steve. Uh, often we have trouble with this, but Steve was on top of it today. Uh, the first question of the week comes in from Nate. And he asked, what did the Red Sox do with the hat, with the Sox logo that they wore with the alternate uniforms? I have no idea. It's an old question. I know it's, I know which one he's talking about. This is an old-ass question. It is an old-ass question. Um, but, yeah, it's like the blue hats with the, just like pair of socks on the front, pair of yep. red socks on the front. I liked them. Um, when did they get rid of those hats? A couple of years ago at least. I haven't seen them in a while. I think that they just cycle through logos every like couple of years so i feel like it's been the b for like i mean ever like 2014 or something i feel like it was i always feel like they used to wear them with like i mean they were their alternate hats but i feel like nobody wears alternate hats anymore maybe i'm wrong but like Uh, every time the socks go out it's either their red spring training hats that they wear in spring training or the blue ones with the b I, i i don't see any other ones yeah, I for actually I'm just looking on this here. Uh, so this article is from 2020, and it's got the Red Sox with the alternate hats, which is definitely not correct. Uh, so, but I don't. Yeah, this is articles from 2020, and it has the Red Sox with the alternate Sox hats in their red and blue uniforms. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that hat. Not gonna lie, I just like the classic B. But honestly. Yeah, if we if someone knows what years that was changed, I'd be interested because I can't find anything right now, but it was definitely – yeah, it was definitely a change. All right. Also, I forgot to say it earlier during the Stevie Locke segment. If you use that bet and I, if you're not listening anymore and you are, I'm sorry, but if you use it, I'm not responsible for anything that happens. Way to cut down on the liability, Steve. No, all right, I'm not responsible. We do not have – we don't have a lawyer department here at Gombridge yet. It's, it's in the need, works. need to be clear on that. I hope we never need one. <laughs> it's also a good point, Klassen. Um. Okay, so let me scroll through here. The next question of the week comes in from Jordy, and he asked, which Red Sox single season record batting or hitting will be broken next and by who? Batting and hitting are the same thing. Sorry, I meant to say batting and pitching. Well, 
now I have to like look up. Yeah, I gotta do our records. You gotta do some research now. Uh, let's see. Well, um, obviously not batting average. Is this single seat? Are we saying single season records here, or like that's what you said? Career is that what I said? Yeah, I'm oh, just yeah. gonna go single on the rec. I'm, I'm not season. even gonna bother looking at pitching records because I feel like most of them are held by Pedro, and nobody's gonna be that good for a long, long time. So I feel like just strikeouts gonna... might be Chris Sale. I don't. Well, what's uh, the record? I don't. I don't know if Chris Sale holds that record. All right. So all right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I got it. Uh, oh. Strikeouts. Pedro Martinez, three thirteen. Chris Sale was five behind him in twenty seventeen. I think I got it. I got it. Do you know, first of all, did you know that in 2009, Jacoby Ellsbury stole 70 bases? 70? Did he really steal that many? I'm looking at it right now. I don't know if like the stat is wrong or if like I'm misreading Jeez, it right now. No, I did not know that. Yeah. And that's I guess, I guess this I don't know be... if that's accurate. I'm going to have to double check that on it. All right. And I was going to say real quick, I guess this could be a positive or negative record. Yeah, correct? that's where I was just – Okay. Mike Napoli is the single-season strikeout record with 187. I can see that being broken sometime soon with the way that the game is being uh, feel like, completed into the 32 outcomes, a walk, a strikeout, or a home run. I feel like Franchi is going to be that guy. Like, as much as I love Franchi, I feel like he's just going to come up there and he's – gonna hit like a ton of nukes and then he's also just gonna strike out oh yeah i was gonna not an everyday player i was gonna mention that earlier i think i saw that franchi uh on maybe monday or tuesday had 37 at bats and he was hitting like 270 something but 17 of them had been strikeouts so it was like just about 50 percent. i was like man this guy either gets a hit or strikes out there's just about no in between um but my pick for this it's a lot of interesting records like did you know that Clay Buckles holds the single season Red Sox win loss percentage record with 923, followed up by Brandon Workman. Shout out to Brandon Workman. Um, my pick for a new record. Ah, oh, man, this is a tough one. You think anybody could beat Cy Young's 41 complete games in one season? <laughs> No, that is wild. That is more games than most starters start in a year. Well, yeah, how many that... how many games did he start that year? Um, no, there's a stat where if a rookie made his debut at the beginning of next season and pitched for the next like thirty, oh, years yeah, and got like twenty wins a season, he would still have less wins than Cy Young did in his career. Yeah, insane. Um, I don't know. Oh, he started in. He started 43 games and threw 41 complete games. Wow. Bullpen was non-existent, how we have shifted. Who needs it? No. He was like, listen, leave me in, coach. Leave me in. Uh, Actually, what did Cy Young, what was his ERA? Uh, He also gave up 350 hits that year, which it was the Red Sox all-time record. I was going to say, what if he was getting shelled and he just kept telling the coach to shove it and just kept walking back back out onto the mound until the game was over? You know what I think it was? I think it was the fact that Cy Young is so old that he predates the telephone, and therefore you cannot make a call to the bullpen. He predates Alexander Graham Bell. Therefore, no phone, no call to the bullpen. You have to complete all of your starts. I think that when he was pitching, 
uh, and they wanted to take him out, they had to send like a telegram from miles and it would take hours to get to the bullpen. So he would have to have the only times he would get taken out was if he had a bad first inning. And then by like the ninth inning, it could be reached like, Oh, you got to take him out now. It was like Morse code. It was like tap, 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 tap. Cy Young's getting lit up. Stop. Tap, 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 tap. Imagine you're like Cy Young on the mound. It's like the fourth (laughs) inning. You're allowed like six runs. And you're like, man, when's this telegram getting to the bullpen? My arm's (laughs) killing me. That was the other thing. Richards kept looking back at the dugout last night. He kept waiting for Cora to take him out when he was in trouble. I was like, Garrett, you're in this for the long haul. He's like, are you sure? You a knee still me? It's like Alex, my ERA, my ERA is not looking too good right now. Take me out, please. Um, but anyway, I didn't even answer the question. Oh, my pick was going to be saves. I feel like someone could break the Red Sox single season saves record. Uh, Tom Tom Gordon in 1998 with 46 saves. Uh, well, actually, what's the all time saves record? Isn't it 63 by? Uh, what? Well, why can I not think of his name? Uh, K-Rod? Fran- yeah, K-Rod. I was going to say Fran K. I was like, that didn't sound right. I saw K-Rod pitch for the Brewers. It's a good pitcher. You know, by the time K-Rod kind of came around to, like, later, I-, I guess, like, our generation, he was kind of old. So I always thought K-Rod was, like, this average closer. And somebody was like, oh, he has the saves record. Like, no, what? He was, when he was with the Angels, he was, let me see, he was a four-time All-Star. He had... Yeah, the all-time record is 62 saves. So, I mean, if you break 48, that's a that's a great season. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he had some insane years there, and he finished his career with 437 saves. He even made the all-star team in 14 and 15 with Milwaukee. He had 44 and 38 saves. And then his age his age 30-something, age 36 season, he had another 44 saves. So, good pitcher. Anyways, the final question of the week, which is my favorite question. This man keeps pumping us with fantastic questions. Comes in from Matt. Matt, you are our hero. Matt is single-handedly keeping the segment alive. And if you want to keep it alive as well, sending questions. Uh, This one is kind of a dual question. So I'll start with the first part. He said, if you could face any pitcher in the MLB, how many at-bats before you could get a hit? I'm going to go on record and say if I was facing Garrett Richards, I could definitely walk well before I could get a hit. Um, but I think it would probably take like probably 30 pitches to get like used to the speed and then probably another like 50 or so. Like do are there fielders behind me? Do I have to make contact or do I just have to like, do I have to get a hit or can I just make contact? No, you got to get a hit, like punch it All through right. the outfield, beat one out on the infield. It's going to be at like well over 200 then. 200? You got to pick a pitcher though. Uh, I have to pick a pitcher? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Can I just pick like any pitcher? Pick, pick Matt what Hall. the question is. Uh, I'm going to take – who am I going to take? You got to give me a second. Uh, you, know, to- you know who I'm going to take? I'm going to take Rick Porcello because his ground ball percentage is like through the roof. Pretty Ricky. All right, I'm going to take Rick Porcello. Dudes make contact off that guy like it's their job. All right. I got something for this. I got two great answers. I've Number got one, I don't know if you're familiar with one Zach Granke. He's famous for every once in a while, he'll mix in a 57-mile-per-hour pitch somewhere in there. I'm just going to wait for it. 
just going to wait for it. I'm just going to sit on that 57 mile per hour pitch. I know it's coming eventually. I don't know how many <laughs> pitches it is going to come in, but it's going to be there eventually. And when it does, I'm going to pounce on it like a jungle cat in the wilderness trying to get its dinner. My second answer is Kyle Hendricks because he throws slow. And I think that that would help me significantly because if you're pumping 95, you're pumping that right by me every single time. I'm not going to lie to you. So I would venture that depending on Zach Greinke is purely depending on his mood because that guy is an absolutely insane person. So he might lead off at that 57 mile per hour and who knows, maybe I'll make some decent contact on it, but that's completely up to him. As far as Kyle Hendrick goes, probably somewhere in between like 180 and like 400 pitches. I don't know. I'm not a professional baseball player. Probably would take forever. I've got one answer. I want to get your guys' opinion on it. And then if you don't like it, I'll pick a second one. So the one guy I am going to pick is actually retired now. That's cheating. You're cheating. Okay, that's what that's I thought. like something so, I'd say. No, 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 no. Wait, you, you'll, you're going to agree with me. Uh, so the pick is actually CC Sabathia. And my reasoning for this is I would just lay down a bunt and I know for a fact he can't get to it. And he would also be pissed at me. That's like, soft. He, he, so hey, Gardner, man. what happens when, well, I mean, there's also eight other fielders in the field. So unless you've got Gary Sanchez behind the plate. Gary can't Sanchez throw. can't run faster than a snail. So I'm he not also can't about throw him. to first. So that too. Also, I he's the, just... wor- the worst framer in baseball as well. He sits on his ass behind the plate and like, like sits on one knee and just like, he's terrible. Anyway, sorry. The one um, knee works. Why are you hating on the one knee? Obviously, it doesn't. The balloons are not a good thing. for everybody player. else. Anyways, I, yeah, I would pick CC. I'd lay down a little bump. But if we're not going with uh, that, then I think my pick, I'm just going to roll with Mr. Chris Mazza. Now, the reasoning for that is purely because I have a picture with Chris Mazza on my wall over here. So I think I could get a hit off him. All right. For the second part of this question. Oh, the second part. Yes, that's right. Let's go back to the document. The second part is the opposite. If you can pitch to any hitter, how long before you strike them out? So Gene Carlos. No, are you kidding me? I'm throwing to Jim Carlos Stan. I'm throwing in the dirt, three pitches in a row, one, two, three, gone. It's as simple as that. Uh, I second that notion. Uh, I'm going to take somebody like Billy Hamilton, who, A, doesn't have power, so when I throw like a 70-mile-an-hour pitch, he's not going to take it like batting practice. Um, And he also kind of can't make contact, so he's like a career pinch hitter. So I'm going to take Billy Hamilton. I think it would take – probably well over a hundred pitches. And at that point, my arm would be toast. So um, I, I, I don't know that it would happen, but I think Billy Hamilton's my best choice. Very nice. What Very about nice. like a national league pitcher? That's a good point. I feel like I would kind of be going against the rules, but what are you gonna a do? Loophole. it's a loophole. It is a loophole. Um, Clawson, you got some notes for us? Yeah, I got a I got a relevant one. All right, um, with Clawson, it is no surprise. Well, I put your tin what tinfoil hats? Is that tin what? Foil hats. That's a conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems to be a connection that the first year that Ken Griffey Jr. starts working to the MLB, uh, the Mariners are a half decent baseball team. So take it as you will. Um, I don't know what strings he's pulling behind the scenes, but Ken Griffey Jr. and the might Reds have something are also to do. good too. Reds are good too. 
he may have something to do with his former teams being half decent. So take it what you will. Um, Ken Griffey Jr. is pulling strings. Okay. I like it. I like it too. You got anything else before we close out the ninth here? I feel like that is closing out the ninth. What? Notes with Clawson? No. Oh, you were asking Clawson if he had another note? No, no, no. I was saying, do we like anything else? Anything else in your mind, Steve? Very intellectual man. Uh, no. Okay, then we will close out the ninth. Now, Steve, I'm going to ask you again. <laughs> you got to finish <laughs> with a point now. All right, my closing out the ninth is that the New York Mets own the city of New York. If you are a Yankee fan, you are a sucker, you are a loser, and you have no taste in baseball teams. If you had the option between the first place team in the NL East, or the last team in the AL and you pick the last team in the AL, then you, sir, do not deserve to be a baseball fan. Get your head out of the place where the sun don't shine and figure it out, buddy. Okay. It's my closing out the ninth. I I don't think I can follow that up. I really don't know. I mean, I got nothing anymore. I mean, Steve's just put a bounty on half the state of New York here, but um, yeah, that's, that's my closing out the ninth thought, thought right. Steve, watch your back. I've got, I've actually got, I've got three things. Close out the ninth. Uh, first thing, it is the 14th anniversary of the Red Sox hitting back to back to back to back home runs, which is pretty cool. That is an iconic moment. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I also love that announcer uh, during that game. I forget his name, but man, he is freaking electric. What was he like? He's like, it's like home run derby. Like, this one's going to New Hampshire. Yeah. I think he's, is he the Giants announcer now? I think he might be. He's like, adios, pelota. I don't know. He's a good announcer. Uh, <laughs> my second point, I had a nice, I got my glove the other day, brought it up to school. I had a nice throw with my roommate. And man, my arm is, it's loose. It feels good. I was, was throwing some heat and I need a radar gun to see what I'm actually pumping. I got, I got a question for you guys. Before yeah. we wrap this episode up. What is your favorite home run call around the league? Oh, I mean, I've always liked the Pirates announcer where he's like, raise the Jolly Roger. Yeah, that's oh, a good one. That's a good one. Um, I like when Chris Berman does it in the home run derby. Mm. What do you say? I, he just does the like back, 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 back. He does it like a hundred times per round, oh, yeah. but it, it kind of just doesn't get old. All right. Well, the clear right answer to this, and before I say it, I'm going to say that my least favorite one is the dumb New York Yankee announcer where he's like, there it goes. What about what about the radio Yankee announcer where he's like got a nickname for everyone? He's like Mr. Like El Capitan Derek Jeter, like all these stupid nicknames. And he's like Mr. Sencha. Like, I don't need to hear it, Johnster. Like, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Right. And then clearly the best one is Dennis Eckersley. Some, oh. some form of he just took him bridge. That guy just went bridge. You know what I'm saying. You know, when he when Bogarts hit his home run on Wednesday, X said, that's a three-run Johnson. And I don't think we've ever said this on, on the show, but 
<laughs> the tentative original name for this podcast was going to be <laughs> Three Run Johnson. And we thought that that might not be the best look because... I stand by the fact that that's a great name. That's I think a- it's a good name. I actually I- thought of the same thing, Gardner, when I heard it. I was like, hey, that was going to be our name for a minute. That was like, we were between that and Going Bridge. And then we put the Going Bridge into the past tense. We went with Gone Bridge. So that Roll was pretty cool. Rolls off the tongue, gone bridge. Uh, we have my, a whole list of, of, of names we almost use, so maybe one day we'll we'll slowly release them to you. Yeah, wait, where are those? They're like if you just go into, um, you just go into the conversation we had and like look at the the pictures. I think there's a screenshot in there of like somebody's notes. Some of the things that we like, like the original gone bridge logo, we gotta tweet that out one day. It's hilarious uh okay actually i've got i've i'll read one other i'll read one other i don't know who sent this one but the idea was who's your poppy i don't know who that was either actually i feel like that's a Clausen thing to say i, I was gonna say it's definitely a steve thing to put down I wouldn't have come up with that. <laughs> just accusing each other hey i'm happy that i'm not involved in this conversation yeah some of the original like gone bridge things that we like put together just classics absolute classics um yeah, the, and then the first bridge logo will never be beat <laughs> it was a concept art it was a concept the it concept was, it was quite the concept it was a rough draft Clausen. this one i, yeah, I don't it was know a rough draft there's that there's actually there's two of them one of them is the sacum bridge with just bats drawn over it <laughs> yeah i did that one i thought that was pretty creative that one's good and then the other one is like it's like a pathway of bridges or of bats. It's, it's like cool. a ladder. It's bridges. like a ladder. Uh, yeah. Actually, shout out. Who who is the guy who designed our new logo? Shane? Yeah. Shout out to Shane. Thanks. Thank you, Shane. Awesome. And my final closing up the ninth thought is why the hell is it still snowing in New Hampshire? It is April 22nd. Yeah, it was I'm like sunny earlier, but it was like snowing at the same time. It is gone from sunny to snowy at least three times while we've been recording. Ridiculous. It's sunny again. It's sunny again. It's beautiful right now. It's always sunny in Durham. Always sunny like in, in Philadelphia. Durham. It's a great, great show. Sunny in Durham. Sunny. Might be my favorite show of all time. Great show. Anyways, big series against the Seattle Mariners this weekend um so and what's the Sox record this week they're two and one right they won monday yeah because they won monday and they won tuesday or monday no they won monday on patriots day and then they won tuesday so they they only have to start on sunday or monday i think we start on sunday right sunday monday to sunday so we start on Monday. Yeah. So they got to go two and two for an extra Gone Bridge episode. Okay. All right. So Red Sox split. You get an extra episode Monday. But with that being said, hope you enjoy this episode. It was definitely an interesting one. It wasn't all uh, bright and uh, happy as it always is. But sunshine and rainbows. Exactly. Uh, sometimes you gotta you gotta criticize a couple guys, and that's okay. But hopefully, Red Sox do good against the series against Seattle. Uh, We appreciate everybody listening. Download our episode on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Gone Bridge Podcast and Twitter at Gone Bridge. Don't forget to leave those reviews on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate them. 
And we will be back hopefully early next week. But if not, we'll be back soon with episode 28. Boys, shall we do this together, the three of us? I'm ready. All right, ready? Three, two, one. See See ya. ya. Oh, that was awful. Do it again. Just do it, Gardner. All right, ready? See ya. We're not going with the three of us. All right, just Gardner. Just Gardner. All right, ready? See ya.